this bulletin, South Australia becomes the first Australian state to legislate First Nations voice to parliament. New data released on the impact of gambling on vulnerable communities. And protesters in Israel gather in front of the Prime Minister's residence. South Australia has become the first state in the country to legislate for an Indigenous voice to Parliament. The state Parliament held a special sitting on Sunday morning to pass the Labour government's bill to establish the voice which will be able to advise government on legislation affecting Aboriginal people. Premier Peter Malinoskas declared it the most powerful show of respect towards Australia's First Nations people. The way we pay our respects first and foremost is not with our words, but in our deeds. And there are no more powerful deeds than South Australia becoming the first place in our nation to pass a law enshrining an Indigenous voice to our Parliament. A large crowd had gathered outside the South Australian Parliament to watch the live broadcast of the sitting and cheered as the bill was endorsed. It's a long, long time... Long time um, waiting for things to get right in Australia for us in you know Aboriginal people, uh, Indigenous communities, and I just hope this voice goes out to the community and uh, to all the grassroots people as well, you know, because that's where all our problems lie. Premier Peter Malinowskis told the crowd he hopes it will serve as an example for a national voice to the federal parliament. Representatives for the South Australian Voice will be elected in coming months with the mechanism expected to be running before the end of the year. Experts say a range of social and economic issues caused the Liberal Party's defeat in the New South Wales state election. Labour leader Chris Mintz won and it's said that his victory will make him the 47th Premier of Australia's most popular state. Election analyst Professor Andy Marks says Chris Min's agenda resonated with many people, particularly in Western Sydney. It was very much the case that you know Western Sydney was indicative of a bigger shift in the electorate. It's a, it's a much younger region, more culturally diverse, and the issues that it cares about in the voting booth, you know, differ from those that traditional politics speaks to. So you know, you found a government in the coalition that was very focused on big-ticket infrastructure projects struggling to get that narrative to cut through. People in, in, in these regions are more concerned with whether or not uh, those initiatives are actually improving their lives. Federal Climate Minister Chris Bowen says Chris Min's character also contributed to his victory. Firstly, Chris Min's is you know, a very compelling leader. I believe he has the potential to be one of the great transformative, transforming and transformative Labor premiers of New South Wales in, in the mould of Rand and Carr. And I think the people saw that. I also saw his authenticity. And from his very first day as leader, he took an approach where he wasn't going to take pot shots on sheep issues. He wasn't going to take what many other leaders would see as a you know, clear opportunity. He was going to just call it as he saw it. A new study by the Australian Institute of Family Studies and the Australian Gambling Research Centre has found three-quarters of Australians have gambled at least once in the past year, while almost two in five gamble weekly. 
Almost half of those who gambled were classified as being at some risk of gambling harm, including mental health issues and, man- and unmanageable health debt. When it comes to gambling ads, three-quarters of Australian adults reported seeing or hearing sports or race betting advertisements at least once a week in the past 12 months, and two in five were exposed to those ads four or more times a week. The report also found 53% of Australians support an outright ban on gambling ads across all platforms before 10.30pm and 47% support a ban across all social media platforms. Communications Minister Michelle Rowland says the report is useful to informing the Parliament's inquiry into online gambling and its impact on those experiencing gambling harm as well as the government's reform in this area. Well, this is a useful piece of research that we've released today from the Australian Institute of Family Studies. I think we should also be mindful that we have on foot a very detailed inquiry into these very issues, including the online environment, the treatment when it comes to vulnerable Australians, particularly children. So we're going to let that inquiry run its course, but I think it is useful to have that evidence base, to have this new research out there that people can digest in a very transparent manner. Assistant Trade Minister Tim Ayers is to travel to China tomorrow. He's leading a business delegation that includes mining billionaire Andrew Twiggy Forrest and Treasury Wine Estate's chief executive Tim Ford. He's the second Australian minister to travel to China after Foreign Minister Penny Wong, who last December was the first minister in three years to visit the country. Trade Minister Don Farrell also held a virtual meeting with his Chinese counterpart last month. Tim Ayers and his delegation will attend the Boao Forum for Asia Dialogue. Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews is to be the first of Australia's state leaders to visit China since the COVID-19 outbreak. The Premier is scheduled to be is scheduled to visit Beijing as well as Yanzhou and Sichuan provinces with a series of high-level education and trade meetings organised. Mr Andrews says the visit is important for economic reasons. This is not the first trip I've made to China. It won't be, it won't be the last. And uh, it is all about jobs. It's all about exports, goods and services, partnership, and not just products, but a partnership that goes well beyond that. The federal government is facing criticism over its $10 billion Housing Australia Future Fund. Prime Minister Antonio Albanese pledged to build 30,000 new social and affordable homes during the federal election. The legislation has failed to attract the supported needs from crossbenchers in the upper house, with the Greens demanding a larger housing budget and provisions for renters. Independent Senator Jackie Lambie says discussions between the parties are ongoing. I really think they need to take this to National Cabinet before anybody gets any money in each state because, seriously, they need to look at um, how much the state is already putting in and make make sure that the state maintains the amount it's already putting in and goes up with the CPI every year. That is a big thing. They've got to lock in the state, so none of that money, when it goes to the states, is ciphered elsewhere, mate. The United States has diffused concerns that Russian President Vladimir Putin was preparing to use nuclear weapons. President Putin announced on Saturday Russia will station tactical nuclear weapons in Belarus. The announcement was interpreted as a warning to NATO over its military support for Ukraine and escalating a standoff with the West. 
White House National Security Council spokesman John Kirby, however, was not impressed by the declaration. I can tell you that we've seen nothing that would indicate uh, Mr. Putin is uh, preparing to to use tactical nuclear weapons in any way whatsoever in, in uh, Ukraine. And I can also tell you that we haven't seen anything that would cause us to change our own strategic nuclear deterrent posture. Mr. Kirby also expressed expressed criticism, skepticism at the relationship between Russia and China, saying there clearly are limits to Chinese leader Xi Jinping's support to Moscow. Controversies continue in Israel following the Prime Minister's dismissal of the Defence Minister Yoav Gallant after he criticised the planned overhaul of the judicial system. Hundreds of thousands of people took to the streets of Tel Aviv, Israel's largest city, just the night before in what has been called the biggest protest in the history of Israel. Yesterday, Mr. Gallant said the reform was putting the country's security in danger after it sparked weeks of protests. As Minister of Defense of the State of Israel, I state in the clearest way possible that the growing rift in our society is penetrating the army and security agencies. This poses a clear, immediate and tangible threat to the security of the state. But now I declare loudly and publicly, for the sake of Israel's security, for the sake of our sons and daughters, the legislative process must be stopped. Overnight, overnight protesters gathered outside the residence of Mr. Netanyahu in Jerusalem and were dispersed by police using water cannon. United States President, Vice President Kamala Harris has arrived in Ghana, her first stop in a week-long visit through the African continent. Ms. Harris comes to signal her country's intent to deepen ties with African nations amid global competition over the continent's future. Ghana was among the fastest growing economies in the world before the COVID-19 pandemic and now is struggling with debt and inflation. Kamala Harris was welcomed at Kotoka International Airport where she gave a speech praising Africa's role in shaping the future. I'm very excited about the future of Africa. I'm very excited about the impact of the future of Africa on the rest of the world, including the United States of America. Ms. Harris is expected to meet Ghanaian President Nana Akufo-Addo before flying to Tanzania and then to Zambia. In Victoria, Liberal members of the state parliament had to vote on a motion to expel MP Moira Deeming from the party caucus today. This follows Ms. Deeming speaking at uh, an anti-transgender rights event outside Victorian Parliament on March the 18th. The Melbourne rally was organised by British anti-trans activist Kelly J. Keane Mitchell, who is also known as Posey Parker. The rally was also attended by neo-Nazis who repeatedly performed the Nazi salute. It sparked community outrage and a commitment from the Victorian government to fast-track a ban on the gesture. Opposition leader John Pesuto has accused Ms. Deming of bringing discredit to the party over her association with rally figures with alleged links to extremists and failing to leave the event when neo-Nazis showed up. And to sport, the AFL has started an investigation of allegations Western Bulldogs player Jamara Agohagan suffered racial abuse at the hands of a St. Kilda fan. It reportedly occurred during and following St. Kilda's 51-point win over the Bulldogs at Dockland Stadium in Melbourne on Saturday night.
Both clubs are working with the AFL to identify people involved and have condemned the racist comments. Now having a look at the weather around the country, Broome mostly sunny 32, Perth sunny 26, Adelaide a shower 223, Melbourne rain at times 19 degrees, Hobart possible late shower 18, Albury Wodonga cloudy 20, Canberra showers 23 degrees, Wollongong a shower 227, Sydney also a shower 227 degrees as well, Newcastle showers 29, Brisbane partly cloudy 31, Townsville mostly sunny 31, Cairns similar conditions and 31 degrees, Alice Springs sunny 37, Darwin partly cloudy 33 degrees, and the Torres Strait Islands a partly cloudy day and a top of 30 degrees. And that is NITV Radio News. 